Chapter Fifteen of That Office Boy by Francis J. Finn, S. J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In which Michael discovers his little secret and dismays the starboard contest editor. Say, Ma," said Michael on his arrival home at ten o'clock that night. "There's an awful rumpus in the Sunflower's headquarters." Yes, Michael," said the sympathetic mother. She was sitting beside the bed of little Josephine, who was sleeping peacefully. Mrs. Desmond had on her lap Master Charlie's best suit. She had been plying the needle thus far into the night to make it presentable for the holidays. There were to be no suits for the children at Christmas tide. Yes, continued Michael. Our boys made an awful row going over to the starboard. They yelled and shouted about their having one hundred eighty thousand coupons till everybody knew it. News of it got down to the Sunflower's headquarters. And their manager, a man named Tom Jennings, got so scared that he came running up to the starboard, and got there just as we were coming out. He was in an awful state of excitement. Who was? Exclaimed Charles, appearing upon the scene, rubbing his eyes, and as was evident, very hastily and superficially dressed. Tom Jennings. He's a great ward politician. His collar was unbuttoned, his hat stove in, and he was gasping for breath. He ran up to the office, and they tell me he raised a scene. He said that it was impossible for the Y.L.S. to have one hundred eighty thousand coupons. The Sunflowers had brought in one hundred thirty thousand, and if the Eastern Stars and the other competing clubs had brought in as much as twenty-five thousand altogether, there'd be more coupons than there had been papers sold. He said, among other things, that the Starboard people were a lot of swindlers. Say, exclaimed Charles. You don't mean to say that the sunflowers brought in one hundred thirty thousand coupons, do you? I guess they did all right. Michael tranquilly made answer. Mister Jennings showed the contest editor figures. He said that the coupons claimed by our people and his amounted to three hundred ten thousand. Then he reckoned that the other contestants had brought in at least thirty thousand more. He also said that at the very least eighty thousand coupons going in papers to outside places did not come back. And all he said the coupons would amount to four hundred twenty thousand coupons, and that for six issues of the paper would make the daily circulation of the Starboard average seventy thousand papers. Now everybody knows that the Starboard ordinarily goes from sixty-five thousand in the dull season to seventy-six thousand in the lively times. Mister Jennings has a pretty good head," observed Missus Desmond. So has the contest editor. He said that the contest had advanced the sale of the paper very much. He hadn't the least doubt that the Starboard was averaging seventy thousand circulation in the past few days. And then Mister Jennings said he wanted to be present at the count, and wanted the person in charge of the Y.L.S. contest to be present too. And who is the person in charge? Asked Missus Desmond. That's me, and I'll be there with bells on. Mister Jennings expects to come face to face with one of the fathers, or maybe the prefect. He'll be quite surprised when he sees me. And when is this count to take place? Asked Charles. Next Wednesday, the day after tomorrow, at one o'clock. The sunflowers are now running round in circles. They're offering to buy coupons for their contest at twenty cents a hundred. You don't say! Exclaimed Charles. And some of their workers have come to our people and tried to buy them off. Last week, one of their men went to Alice Morrow. It was averaging a hundred and fifty coupons a day, and offered her five dollars cash if she'd promise to turn all her coupons, beginning with that day, over to the sunflowers at ten cents a hundred. 
They'll beat us, groaned Charles. They'll beat themselves, retorted Michael. At this juncture, Josephine opened her eyes, blessed herself, and sat up. Helloa, Josephine, you're looking fine, cried Michael. I'm feeling fine, said Josephine, smiling easily, and tomorrow I'm going to sit up. You see, I'm going to win that doll. And the doctor, added Mrs. Desmond, her face glowing, has said that all danger is past. Thank God, thank God. I was unhappy for a time last week, because we were so short of money. I wanted, my dears, to give you all a nice Christmas. But you, my children, are more to me than all the money in the world, and as long as God spares you to me, I'll never, never again ever think that I'm poor. I say, Ma, said Michael, we want God to spare you to us, too. You've been working on those old pants of Charles all this evening. You've nearly blinded yourself. For goodness sake, drop your needle and rest your eyes. They were always rested when I see my children, said the mother, putting aside Charles's Sunday best. And I say, Josephine, pursued Michael, do you want to hear a good story about the contest? Oh, yes, cried Josephine eagerly. Michael, thus abjured, told the wondrous tale of Mrs. Rockefeller and Miss Tennyson, the return of the mysterious package, Eva's illness, and Jerry's ghost. "'It's a wonder Miss Tennyson didn't take sick, too,' observed Mrs. Desmond. "'I hope the little girl won't be sick long. Josephine, what do you say to sharing your daily basket with her?' "'I should like it ever so much. Isn't Colonel Bridwell good, though? I'm praying for him every day.' "'You ought to, my dear,' said the mother, "'and of all the children whom he has been kind to remember to pray for him. "'He will get to heaven, sure, and be waiting there to greet them when they come. "'Those little children,' she went on dreamily, "'whom Christ so loves, those little orphans who take his place, "'those poor little boys and girls who, were it not for such kind men, "'would have nothing, nothing at all in this world but their rags and their faith. May our Lord remember him at the last. He has taken a lot of our grocery bill, said the matter-of-fact Charles. Say, Ma, tomorrow I'll bring one of those baskets to Eva on my way to school, if you like, and some of those flowers the Sodality girls have sent. You couldn't do anything better, exclaimed Michael. That girl's a wonder. You ought to see her work. She's as quick as a flash. I do hope she won't be sick long. She can work quicker than anyone I've met. Anyhow, I hope she will be well enough to have a Merry Christmas. Mrs. Desmond sighed. How I wish, she said, I have something to send her. Well, at any rate, let us all pray for her, that our Lord himself may bless her. On Wednesday morning, December 21st, Michael called up the Havlin, and after a short delay, secured the ear of Colonel Robert Bridwell. I say, Mr. Bridwell, do you know Mr. Tom Jennings? From every angle, came the answer. Who is this talking? I am Michael Desmond, Father Carney's office boy. Oh, it's you, is it? How's your mother? Fine. She was so thankful to you for that ice cream. My little sister, who is sick, enjoyed it, too, and she is so thankful to you for those baskets you sent her. She says she'll pray for you as long as she lives. And how's the contest going? The way I want it. But this Mr. Jennings wants me to be present when they count the coupons this afternoon at one o'clock. I'm not exactly afraid of him, but I'm only a kid, 
and I wanted to know if you wouldn't come over and stand by me. I'd be delighted to do so. You'll find me at one o'clock waiting for you on sixth, just outside the starboard building. One word more, Michael. Are you anxious to have a Merry Christmas? Every time, Michael answered. Well then, drop this contest. You haven't the ghost of a show. You might as well try to carry water in a sieve. We're going to win, said Michael. Oh, shucks, growled Colonel Bridwell as he hung up the receiver. Promptly on the stroke of one, the two met and, ascending the elevator, stepped into the office. The editor was there, and beside him a middle-aged man, spare, florid, clean-shaven, very bald, and, just then, very nervous. "'How do you do, Tom?' said Mr. Bridwell, giving a curt nod to the latter personage. "'How do?' answered Tom Jennings. "'You don't mean to say that you represent the young lady satality of St. Saviour Church, do you?' "'I'd be very proud of it if I did,' answered the colonel. If you had some of their class, you'd be a senator, instead of a candidate for city council. The representative of the young lady sodality has been good enough to request me to be with him. Here he is as large as life and equally beautiful. Mr. Michael Desmond, at your service. That kid? exclaimed Jennings disdainfully. Michael, who had thus far been very nervous and ill at ease, grew indignant. His timidity fled. I want to say right now, he began, that there's no need to lose any time over the count of those coupons. There isn't, eh, sneered Tom Jennings. As for your 140,000 coupons, we'll take them for granted. How kind. As for our own, there are none to count. Those boxes are stuffed with paper and old shoes. The St. Xavier YLS is out of the contest. End of chapter 15